Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi, I'm Alex Anders, and this is Bisexual Real Talk. I'm going to be honest with you guys, I've been feeling a little unmotivated recently. I'm motivated to make videos. I'm motivated to write books. I'm motivated to do a lot of things. I'm in a great mood. I got a VR headset, the Quest 2. Oh my god. I'll put a link to it in the description below. But it is fantastic, and that might be sucking some of my desire to do everything else right now. <sighs> yeah, but I'm here now, so let's talk about that. So today I'm going to be talking, I'm going to be uh, reading one of your questions. And today's video is brought to you by one of my books, How to Win the Love Game. Um, it's a book about how we fall in love, why we fall in love. It takes her from a neurochemical perspective. You know how I say dopamine is about, uh, sorry, about bisexuality is about... Um, our relationship with dopamine and what causes dopamine spikes in our body. Well, How to Win a Love Game is how I kind of came across the entire theory. And it talks about how uh, dopamine and oxytocin relate to love and how we can then manipulate our oxytocin and dopamine to get us to either fall in love or help other people fall in love with us and stuff like that. So check it out. At the end of the video, I'm going to be putting a uh, short excerpt from the audiobook, and there's going to be links in the description of where you can get it. But... The reason why I chose that will become obvious once I start reading today's question. Because the question says, Hi. Hi. I've been listening to your YouTube channel since I started wondering if my boyfriend is more attracted to men than he is to me. I am a 42-year-old straight woman. My boyfriend just turned 42 as well, and he has only had one main relationship from high school, and it was with a girl. They dated in high school and lived together for three years. He cheated, not sure with whom, and that ended. Since then, he has had about three short relationships with girls, but he's been alone for many years. At first, I thought that he wasn't over his ex. In the beginning, it felt like he had a crush on me, but he never initiated anything sexually. It was more like he went along with it if I started it, and he often had difficult times uh, getting hard and acted and would act embarrassed about it. By the way, people, uh, this, this one, this question is probably not for the younger folk because it's going to mention words and get into situations that are kind of adult in nature, just so you know. Continuing, I like to communicate and be open. So I told him that I liked him a lot and didn't care. When I first said it, he replied that he had testosterone issues and I believed him. But as the relationship grew, I noticed things were not evolving normally. Now, a year later, it's obvious that he never initiates sex. It's always me. He just says that his, he just lays there with his eyes closed until one of us finishes, and it's usually him and fast. He doesn't like kissing. He doesn't take off my clothes. He doesn't reach to touch me. He has no interest in my breasts and doesn't touch them. And he doesn't even look at them. Recently, he started touching my 
asshole. And it seems to be the only thing that turns him on. When he is trying to put his finger in my ass, he will come. It doesn't even, he doesn't even care if his dick uh, goes in my vagina. And if I try to put it in, he says no. I started getting more concerned that if I don't initiate sex, he wouldn't. A whole month can go by and he doesn't even act like he's horny ever. And because of that, I decided to check his phone. I discovered that he had signed up for webcam sites. On one of them, he posted an ad that read, show me yours. I'm a straight guy, yet totally turned on by a smooth ass on a guy. I imagine myself squeezing one and even slipping a finger in. I also saw a couple of pictures he was looking at of men wearing women's underwear. That's when I started monitoring the ring camera at the house and it turned out that he jerks off almost every night around 30 minutes before I come home. So that's why when I try to get some, he turns me down and always says he's tired or has a stomach problem. When I confronted him about the classified ad, he denied it and then told me it was a long time ago. He said he posted it because he had watched a porn and was just being kinky, but that he isn't gay. Then he got mad and turned it around on me saying that I was wrong for not trusting him. But I had said it because I thought mentioning it would open up a conversation between us. And I told him I loved him even if he is bi. And I told him I would listen and understand. I just didn't appreciate him keeping me around with false hope or just to show his friends and family he had a girlfriend while wishing he could be having sex with men. When I saw your video with the doctor, I related to the, ma uh, the bi man that is emotionally attracted to women, but he is mainly sexually attracted to men. Even though he is capable of having sex with both, I think his drive is for man-on-man -man sex and that it feels more instinctive to him. I don't think he has had sex with a man yet. I can tell he's afraid of people's reactions. Before he dated me, he told me a story about a, a trans person, about taking a trans person to a hotel on a vacation. He claimed nothing happened once he found out that she didn't have female parts. He claimed she stayed in the room just drinking and getting high. But now I think there's more to that story. We have been together for a year and two months. Getting sex from him is like trying to get him to do chores around the house. And he has actually referred to it as such. Now the person didn't put a conclusion or a question, but I assume if they sent me this, they're asking to get my perspective on this particular situation. So I'm gonna pretend like a friend of mine told me the situation and has asked me for advice and I'm gonna give it to them because you know, that's, that's what the whole video is about. So I, I can't not do that. Anyway, so uh, what do I think about this? If this was a friend of mine telling me this, I think the first thing I would say to them, after some thought, because it took me a while to realize this, but yes, your boyfriend is bisexual, but that's not saying much because bisexual isn't just one thing, it's a whole bunch of things, it's on a huge spectrum of stuff. And if I were to put your boyfriend on a spectrum based on the things that you've told me, I would put him really far on the mostly straight side of the spectrum and not on in the middle, 
where he's equally attracted to both men and women, or on the far end where he's mostly attracted to men. So to be honest with you, I know you're probably afraid of like him like leaving you for a guy or something along those lines, or him wanting to have sex with men. But the, the thing is, my belief is that he, if, if, if he ever left you for a guy, he would leave you for a guy and then later on leave that guy for a woman. Like I just don't believe from anything you've told me that his inclination or as his instinction, as you put it, is to be with men. And there's a lot of reasons why I said that. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, if that's not the case, then what is going on with the situation? Honestly, I think he, he might have had it right and clear and have been really honest with you when he first said to you that uh, the problem is testosterone. Now, here's, and this is why the reason why I suggested my book, How to Win the Love Game, because I go into testosterone and dopamine and oxytocin and a lot of details and how it kind of relates to this. But I'll kind of like give you kind of like the breakdown of what testosterone does. Because it's not what most people think. Most people think that testosterone and sex drive has a one-to-one -one relationship. So you increase uh, testosterone, you automatically will increase your sex drive. But that's not the way it works. Testosterone actually has a couple of things that it does. It uh, decreases the functioning of one part of your brain while activating the function of another part of your brain while making uh, yourself more, more craving dopamine. So the part of the brain that the, top, that the testosterone suppresses is the part of your brain for like thinking. So people who have like a lot of anxiety issues, who like overthink things, overthink things, they tend to have low testosterone, be, lower testosterone, because high testosterone tends to shut off that particular part of the brain that anxiety invading, like thought after thought after thought, always thinking sort of thing. It slows that part down, which leaves you open to the part of your brain that kind of it, it invigorates, which is the part of the brain that allows you to seek pleasure. So testosterone lowers your thinking ability and increases your desire for pleasure. Now, for a lot of people, that relates to sex because what gives you a lot of people pleasure? Sex gives them pleasure, especially when you're young. When you're young and you have no experiences on anything, like any kind of sexual anything is super intriguing. It, it spikes your dopamine. So high testosterone means that you're more likely to chase sex because of it. But as a person gets older, and you said your boyfriend's 42, which is not really that old, but still young and old enough to have the experiences I'm about to explain. I read a study recently that said that, or I heard a study recently that said that as we get older, our dopamine receptors in our brain become less sensitive which means that all the things that used to be exciting to you become less exciting. It releases less dopamine in your brain. And one of the things as you get older, and this is just a sad fact for you guys who might be, well, all guys who are watching this are gonna get older, but that also relates to the sensitivity of your body parts, including your penis. So the older you get, yes, the neuroreceptors in your penis remain the same, but it goes to the same dopamine receptors in your brain and it just becomes less pleasurable to do things with your penis because your dopamine, the dopamine in your brain has been downplayed a little bit. And what does that relate to this situation? It means that even if he were to increase his testosterone, which he could possibly do, it doesn't mean they'll increase his sex drive. 
because it'll just increase the things that give him pleasure. And let's say the older you get, the less pleasure sex is. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to end up having one more sex. And just as an analogy for like what's going on with him, it seems, in terms of testosterone, basically um, our desires are basically, when we're young, our desires look like a really large, like waving mountainous region of land. So some parts are flat and then there are hills and there are higher hills and there are mountains. So they're all like there's a flat level and then there are all these things that pop above the normal flat level. But as our testosterone goes down, it's like water flooding the land. So the parts before there was a lot of land mass that is outside of the water. So there's a lot of things that would turn us on. But the more water there is, there are less things that peak above the water. And the less uh, the lower your testosterone, the higher the water floats. Until eventually, and it sounds like with your boyfriend, is that now they're just like the tops of the hills above the mountains and then above the water, and then the spikes of the mountains. That is essentially that means that there's like there are things that used to give him pleasure before that now don't give him as much pleasure. Like it's just it's just a little bit of pleasure it gives him, but there are things that give him a lot of pleasure his kinks. And that tends to be how things work as you get older. The things that you've been doing your entire life become less interesting, so it gives you less pleasure, those little tiny peaks over the, out of the water. But you still have these things, these big mountainous kinks that will give you a lot of pleasure. So his attraction to women is along the lines of, uh, yeah, it gives me rewards. So he's going to have sex, but he's not going to work for it because the work reward ratio that he's feeling right now is way off. The work that he has to put into having sex in order to get the pleasure that he has because of his level of testosterone at this point is just, just the, the equation does not work out. So, um, so yeah, but he also has these other things, these kinks, which for him apparently is uh, fingering smooth asses, um, is strong. So the question is, and, and the thing is, I should also mention that you mentioned that he masturbates 30 minutes before uh, you get home. And yes, your instinct is right if he were 22 years old or 25 years old. Yes, when you're young and you masturbate a lot, it will dampen your sex drive. It will make you less uh, desirous to like go out and pursue sex. But you first have to desire the sex to go out to want to pursue it. That's where it difference when you're younger, when you're older. Like as you get older, masturbation just becomes like just a little enough work that you're willing to do it sort of thing. Because, you know, initiating sex becomes less pleasurable. So the whole process of going out and finding sex or going out and initiating it with your girlfriend or going like all the foreplay necessary to have it, like all that stuff just becomes not worth it. But masturbation doesn't require all that. So because it doesn't require all that effort, then it's just worth it. So if you were to say to him, stop masturbating and then you'll want to have sex more, that's not the way it works because it's what you need to do is you need to get something that he has that gives him enough reward for him to go through the work of yada, yada, yada sort of thing. And the way that works is, um, <laughs> and I think this is no secret that a lot of guys don't get much from foreplay, but women get a ton from foreplay. So the exchange that happens is that, uh, you know, in the very stereotypical sense, 
women allow guys to have sex with them as long as they do foreplay. So guys are willing to do the foreplay in order to get the sex at the end. Like that's, that's the traditional sort of masculine, feminine sort of situation that goes on, the stereotype sort of thing. And there's a reason why the stereotype is, exists because it's real. If, you, if you're looking to solve your problem, you can do one of two things or, or both of these things. And the first thing is you need to figure out how to rejigger that reward system somehow. Because right now he's not willing to do all the things that you want, like initiate sex, like all those things, which he considers work because the reward isn't high enough. You need to figure out what his reward is, like what gives him a large enough reward, what you could use to motivate him to give you what you want. This is just a relationship issue. This has nothing to do with him being bisexual. This is just a relationship situation and what people have to do over time. This is what guys traditionally have to do in situations where women don't want to have sex. This is what women have to do in situations where guys don't want to have sex. You find what gives them pleasure and then you negotiate to get what you want in exchange for the pleasure that they want. So lucky you, you know what he wants. He wants this kink and it's, yeah, it's a kink that means that he's bisexual, but it's not something that, it's, it's not something you need to worry about. It's just something that he has a kink of. Like a lot of people have kinks. This is his kink. And, and you need to figure out how you could use this kink in a way to get what you want. One thing I might suggest is perhaps you can have a situation where if you're okay with fulfilling that kink with him, maybe what you say is, you know, I would love to do this for you, but I'm feeling a little unfulfilled right now. How about we have a situation where one night I give you, it, fulfill your kink to its ultimate, whatever that is, even if it involves you, like him looking at porn of guys being fingered or something or whatever it is, like just kind of figure out what your line is and what you're willing to do. But one night will be his night where he can completely have his, uh, his, desires fulfilled in exchange for you getting your own night where you get all of your desires filled. Hopefully, if what you offer him as a reward is strong enough, then he's willing to put in the work in order to get the reward. So it's the exact same situation where like if there's a guy who like, you know, wants to have sex, but knows he has to have like a certain amount of foreplay before he can get it. It's the exact same situation where the foreplay instead is, is you having sex. But there's no way that, I don't know, you're going to trick him into it or talking him into him wanting to have sex more because there's a lot of biological things going on there that he can't control, that you can't control, and that it's going to be exactly what it is now and continue to get worse and worse in, in your perspective as time goes on. You're, you're going to just have to figure out how to work with this if you love him enough and want to stay with him and want to date any guy because it's going to be sort of a different situation with other guys, but it's going to be a similar different situation. So yeah, uh, I would recommend kind of figuring out what his, how you could offer him a reward and what he would be willing to, to offer in exchange for the thing that he really wants. It's, it's as basic as that. Another thing I recommend you do is, this is something I go in in great detail in my book, How to Win the Love Game, is the other thing that helps a person feel more sexually attracted to the other person is when your oxytocin levels are very high. 
And that can come from various activities you do together. I'm not going to go too much in depth with it because honestly, I, I covered a whole bunch in the book. So there's another thing you can do in terms of um, uh, dopamine, like in terms of uh, increasing the oxytocin that comes between you two. And also I'll mention this as a bonus. On a previous video, I think where I talked about how to ask someone about their sexual orientation, I mentioned something called game theory. And game theory is basically um, something that the US and Russia used back in the 80s to, uh, to, to decrease the amount of nuclear warheads they have. What they would do is um, they came up with a treaty and it was trust but verify sort of situation where um, one country started by eliminating like five nuclear weapons and the other one would release uh, would get rid of seven nuclear weapons and another one would do 11 the next one would do 13 so it's kind of like a trust but verify situation where you you know you don't have to trust the person that much in order to um, start building trust between the two of you the reason why I mentioned the uh, game theory is because you mentioned wanting to talk about it and him kind of shutting you down. If you really want to talk about it, and, and I want you to know you made a great effort, you took your shot, you missed, it didn't work out, you tried, that sort of thing. But if you want to try again, the way you might more successfully get him to talk about uh, what he's thinking and feeling is by doing game theory. And that involves not just you saying something, expecting him to spill his guts and talk about the things that he's been struggling with probably for years, for decades probably, in one go, instead of like trying to expect that huge reveal of information. Perhaps what you can do instead is to start off slow in a game theory sort of way where you, you decide you know, one day to share something along the same lines that seems as personal to him uh, and either ask him specifically about not the whole thing, not the, not the all of everything he's ever thought and done, but have a little tiny aspect of it where what you think that he could perhaps share without being feeling too vulnerable. So if you start out sharing something and then you encourage him to share something kind of small and he's able to share it with you and trust that you won't react in some sort of crazy way, then you can share more information with him, something else you've come up with, and you can both exchange, can exchange information like that. This is a way of building up trust where there is no trust. And with a lot of people who have had secrets and kinks their entire life, there's a lot of uh, self-hatred and, and mistrust and just all these things built in there. This is a way to work past those issues and create a relationship that honestly has more oxytocin in it, and with the other thing, maybe more, even more dopamine. That's my advice. I hope that was helpful. And if you have a question that you would like me to uh, give my advice on, or a situation that you'd like me to talk about, send me an email. A uh, link to my email address is in the description below. I'd love to hear from you. And um, if you're interested in my book, how to Win the Love Game, right after this video, you're gonna hear a short excerpt from it, and also the link to the audiobook and the paperback versions are in the descriptions below. Until the next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friends. Stay cooler. Bye. The power of this book is that it puts your destiny in your own hands. 
You can use the knowledge gained within to understand why you might not have fallen in love with the guy who seemed perfect for you, or you can use it to understand why the person you've fallen for hasn't fallen in love with you. Past that, you will be able to use the information gained within to increase your likelihood of finding love. You'll be able to set up the best conditions for someone to fall in love with you, and you'll be able to move closer to a state of peace about not being in a relationship, although the world keeps telling you that you need to be in one. Chapter 1. Introduction My biggest pet peeve whenever someone is describing how to play a new game is when they don't start off by stating the game's premise. For that reason, I won't assume that you have the same definitions of love that I do. So, in the following chapter, I will do what poets and philosophers have tried to do for thousands of years. I will define what love is. If you would like to support the podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romance audiobooks on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can also check out my bisexual-themed socks and t-shirts on Teespring and Amazon by searching them for the company name Bisexual Real Talk. But the links for everything are in the description of this podcast. Please support the channel and check it out. Until next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.